And we're back again, another podcast. And even though today is a Monday, we're either going to, I don't think we really decided, but I think it's just going to be a week off of underachievers, just going to be is. highlights later in the week that yeah. I'll put together whenever I'm I have to. fine with that. <laughs> but because today was the NHL trade deadline. So as Jeff and I usually do on these one these days, we tend to go on and actually discuss that day off on uh, trades that happen. And unfortunately, because of uh, out of our control kind of things, we are on later in the day. So unfortunately, unlike the last two years that we've done this, we won't have any breaking trades. Breaking new trades. Um, However, we will break down every trade. Oh, sorry, not every trade. Let me rephrase. We'll break down the major trades that have yeah, happened trades, over the last couple of days. Like that. The trades our were- opinions on them, if they mm-hmm. gave up too much, if they didn't give up that much at all. Uh, Obviously, Flyers, how they fared in this Flyers world, have some news, which I wasn't expecting much at all today, and that shocked me. So we got mm-hmm. two trades, not one, but two trades to break down today for the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know and it's a hockey podcast, so Jeff's got his Drew jersey. I think no, order no, jersey. actually. It's Eric Lindros. <sighs> Who played less games than Michael Raffle? Yes, he did. Flyer uniform. But was a little more productive than Michael Raffle. Just yeah. tiny, tiny I got my snowman shirt on, so... <laughs> I, I did when, when I went home this past weekend. Um, I, I did wear that shirt, and my my parents they thought it was so funny. They loved it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Anyway, let's get started. Um, I wanted also, to bring up actually. Sorry, yeah. I don't think no, you this yet. This is actually our third year doing this too. So it is. Mm-hmm. Um, now this one won't be as exciting because, like Mike mentioned, uh, obviously. Certain things deadline ended at three o'clock today, so all those late trades that happened kind of already passed. They trickled in almost all the way until four. It was a Mm -hmm. or even uh, if not almost four thirty. I feel like it was a very towards the end of the day. Yeah, was the most productive it was today. I was Um, I did get a little excited because there was I did too. Oh, I was I was just saying for the Flyers sense because Chuck Fletcher kept delaying his press conference. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, and, and there yeah, was one extremely here? late trade because he was supposed to meet with the media um, at three, and then like three fifteen, three twenty, three thirty, three forty-five, four twenty. So he kept getting pushed back more. And I was texting, bo- I was texting happen. both you and Mitch today. Yeah, and I didn't make the one joke. I made a joke to Mitch saying uh, uh, that Chuck Fletcher is hiding. Dude, there were so many Chuck Fletcher memes today. It was unbelievable. I was mm. dying. It was, it we'll was great. To, I do want to talk about Chuck Fletcher. I know we talked about him a couple podcasts ago, but I do want to bring him up again. We, we need to bring him up again. Um, <clears throat> so before we do that, let's let's just so break down trades. We're going to break down the so biggest actually, trades the first of one the I actually want to break down is one that didn't even happen today, but it's still big, bigger kind of in terms oh. of it was the. Uh, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak yes. getting traded in division. We're in the East to in division trades uh, to New Jersey, trading them to the New York Islanders for death pieces. And then how long ago was this one that happened? Obviously before the Flyers played them on Saturday. So I think there's, Oh, here it is. I, I missed it. <clears throat> April 7th. So the trade was in the Jersey devil said Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak to the New York Islanders for a 2021 first, a 2022 conditional fourth, Mason Jobs, A.J. Greer, who are both HL players, the 2022 conditional fourth round pick can turn into a third. Um, 
2022 or 2023 if the Islanders advance to the 2020-2021 Stanley Cup final. Good one. And let's not forget, they made this great trade today, too. Another veteran, Jeff's favorite flyer, Braden Coburn, for a seventh-round pick. So just Lou Lamarillo really loves his veterans. Yeah, he really loves his veterans in the playoff time, so he doesn't rely on young guys at all. No. I mean, it's not like and young guys said, are effective whatsoever. Because when that trade happened, because the first like lines came out that Wallstrom was still in, but in that Flyers game, Wallstrom is not playing. Wow. So already, Palmieri, Zajac already took that spot. Guess yeah. who's next? Noah Dobson, who was really only so playing sorry, because Noah of Dobson. the unfortunate Early yes. retirement of uh, what's kind of Boychuk. Yeah, Boychuk. So now um, it's going to be. I want to make a big note here. The Islanders are retaining fifty percent of both Zajac and Paul Mary's salary. It was um, <clears throat> two point three two five mil retained for Paul Mary. Two point eight seven five mil retained on Zajac. Um, so they like, gained five point two mil roughly. Actually, five point two exactly mill um there and yeah that dumps a lot of salary off for new jersey so i get the trade for palmieri and zajac for the sense that you're without lee for the end of the year until yes i think palmieri realistically the more i'm sitting on this trade i think it's a good fit for the Mm -hmm. islanders replacing lee they're both ufas at the end of the year too right jack's also 35 yeah so. so zajac i'll put it this way zajac's a rental Palmieri, he could sign. But regardless, this is a, if, if Palmieri goes, this is an extremely um, uh, expensive rentals for not one, they but are, two. But I think, I mean, Lou, so, as, so, much yeah. as, as much shit as we give him, as is probably do, is reasonable. Um, very. Yes. Their window is very short. It's very yeah. short. So but here's the biggest thing. Do you honestly and no. realistically no. I know see this putting no. them over the top? Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't know why Islanders fans are jumping in the streets, cheering left and right, and analysts saying, oh, this could be the trip. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? That's Especially absurd. Yet. That is the most absurd comment I've made, I've heard of a year. And we'll get That's to it. Unbelievable. You can't we'll get to it a little later. It. We'll get to it a little later. But the trades that both. The Penguins made getting Carter and the Mantha trade for Washington mm-hmm. for me put them both over. And I can't yeah. doubt Boston either because they just got Taylor Hall. No. So, yeah. Um, so we'll go into that detail in a little bit. Um, so, in that sense, so that I was don't that see, one. As much as this is an improvement for <clears throat> a, a little improvement for the depth a bit for the Islanders, especially power play for Palmieri's sake. It's not it's nearly not enough. enough to put him no. out, especially with, like you mentioned, what the East just got. And I'll in say this, their lineups. No, no, no. Not enough. So work still needs some work, too. He does. He needs some work. Now, I get it that he was a big-name prospect coming into the league. He was, he was, here's what makes me mad. When people said Going into the season, he was a better goalie before he even played a game either uh, better than either uh, Alexander Gorgiev of the Rangers as well as Shesterkin, also from the Rangers. And I thought, 
I don't care what you say. Both of those guys are very good goalies for the Rangers. They have a good duo, and it blows my mind that they might be in a situation where they might still trade one of them. Um, <clears throat> now, the Rangers are safe from – you know, obviously, they'll protect Korgiev and Shusterkin, luckily for them. He's exempt, so they'll leave Kincaid um, you know, uh, available for Seattle. But still, you can't – Unless it's a franchise-esque player, like Connor McDavid, like Jack Eichel, and Austin Matthews, essentially. I'll say you know, this, though. <clears throat> obviously, is... different position, but you can't say, oh, they're automatically a better goalie when he's never played a game. No, who do there you think are... The, who, sorry, not to cut you're you good, off. You're good. No, no, no. Since we're still on the subject, yeah. just going for Seattle's sake, who does the who do the Islanders protect? See, if I... I've, I know Lou. It's going to be the veteran, so he would protect. Oh, it's one thousand over Sorokin. But if you're Seattle at that point, would you take one of them? Hold on, I am looking this up because there is a <clears throat> mock, the, the the latest mock draft I could find from. I believe Sorokin would be athletic. And, and, and this is what I do like. It is each particular athletic writer for that team that mentions it. Um, there's a bunch, and I mean a bunch, of options for the Otters to leave unprotected. However, that's where the goaltending sense. What is it? Oh, oh so, so sorry. You were saying just goaltending wise. Just goalies. Just goalies. Okay. This still gives them an interesting choice. So, um, did Corey Schneider, he. He's there. He retired, didn't he? Or is he still playing? He's on their lineup. They're okay. So they so Sorokin is unprotected. Sorry, he's exempt. Excuse me. Oh, Schneider exempt. is protected. Okay. Got it. And they unprotect Samon Varlamov. Varlamov. That doesn't Varlamov. Make sense. Oh my god. No, I would do it the other way around. Varlamov. Yeah, there you go. Holy Varlamov. crap! Considering <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Schneider hasn't even played a game yet this season. Yeah. He's definitely not going to be the one that they protect. No, like so. you can't do that. Okay. But here's so, the interesting thing for the Islanders. I wasn't sure on if he was exempt or not. Yeah. Working. You know, no, he he is. He, he's okay. barely played any games. Um, but no, so for the Islanders list, it um, this is by who was it? Okay, I, I forget who it's by, but um, it does. Oh, Arthur Staple, of course. Um, the, he mentions that Keeper Bellows could get taken the expansion draft, and that would be a, a killer point taken right there for the Islanders. Like that would suck. But then again, it's their own fault for it's leaving little, someone yeah. like him unprotected. Anyway, I mean, they have him on the bench, <clears throat> press box majority yeah. of the time. Anyway, so anyway, so moving on. Um, this trade I'm only bringing it up for playoff purposes. Devin Dubnik from San Jose, who they acquired earlier in. The offseason for Greg Patteron and the 2021 fifth round pick to the Colorado Avalanche. The reason why I bring it up, remember last year in the playoffs when um, Phil Grubauer and I do remember the playoffs last year with Colorado. <laughs> you I specifically. That. Yeah. And also you had, oh no, um, Fran, Fr- Francis. Um, <laughs> he went down. So they had to turn to Michael Hutchinson again. Who I actually played pretty well. So, you know, they've been down this road before. They're prepared 
just in case of another injury, God mm-hmm. forbid, to uh, Grubauer in Dubnik, to be fair, he has plenty of playoff experience. He's looking pretty say this, though, this is the second trade they made for a goaltender, which obviously is for that sense, but it doesn't make sense because Johansson, who they just traded for not that long ago, in I mean, five he's more games, like an... has a 929 set percentage. Yeah. He's done really well for them. Yeah. Now, Dubnik, now, now, to be fair, playing in front of the Sharks defense, which isn't great right now, or at least he was. Well, he I this mean, season is three nine and two, a three point eight three point one eight goals yeah, against average, point eight nine eight save percentage. Um, however, you know he he has other good numbers, but in the playoff wise, you know, actually, <laughs> playoff wise, um, record record wise, he hasn't had a good record at all. Um, but you know, stats wise, his best year was with Minnesota 2016, 17, five games. He started five or five games played. He started five of them. He had a 1.86 goals against uh, average and a 0.925 save percentage. They lost in five, but still that's, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, he's just gonna kind of give you average numbers. Yeah, he's also thirty-four, so he's a. But with a point. defense like the Avalanche, I think those numbers could rise for the. Uh, yeah, Avalanche and I and think Dubnik. the other reason why it, is because if, if if he does go in for let's say a struggling Grubauer or mm-hmm. again, God forbid, uh, another yeah. injury. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due to Joe Saka because he does realize the hole and that yeah. goaltending. Because goal to me, I still don't trust Grubauer. I don't either. Um, he played a pretty big role the year the Caps won the Santa Cup as the backup to Braden Holpe. Now, clearly, he liked a lot in what he saw because when he went out and acquired him that offseason. Um, I don't believe he's a true starter yet. He has potential, but. I mean, I know he's been kind of given the starter role for the last couple of years for the Avalanche, but there he's got to get he's got to dig down deep and get to that next level somehow. Um, so I didn't want to talk about him too much. That wasn't that important. I just, I just no, want to bring it's up just important playoff wise for the Avalanche. Be, yeah. it, it's an interesting one. This is where the fun begins. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were in a three-way trade between the Detroit Red Wings and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Blue Jackets, so this is how the, it worked. From Tampa Bay, they got a 2021 first and 2022 third. They technically sent David Savard to Detroit first, who then sent Savard to Tampa Bay to help with the cap. Savard, um, Savard's salary for Detroit they retained half of it, 2.125 mil, but they got a 2021 fourth round pick in exchange from Tampa Bay. Detroit, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the Lightning out of all this get Brian Lashoff, an AHL guy, and of course the big one, David Savard, and on a retained salary for 1.062 million. Um, so that that was a big one, and and already in practice. It was announced that David Savard was practicing with Victor Hedman, and that's that tells you a lot on how um, Julian uh, uh, Brisbois or how, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's Brisbois, last name. Yeah. It is Brisbois. Okay, well, well, we'll go that for now until here. Otherwise, but Brisbois, um, you know that that's 
uh, clearly he thinks highly of him. He spent another first rounder. You know, that again. just shows good uh, again it's for a guy always, who it's, it's Tampa Bay. No, he's so. been more than that. He's been a first and a third on a guy who mm-hmm. actually to make it worse, he spent three draft picks for a guy who I don't even think he's worth a first. Um I agree. He spent a first, a third, and remember that fourth for cap purposes, he's had to send that to Detroit. So and hey, hands off to Steve Eisenman for getting a fourth. Mm-hmm. Out of this deal, another pick. And, uh, another pick. And by the way, there was—I believe I sent it to you. Sent it to you. Yep. Um, the Red Wings now, uh, and I'll get to the other trades later. But the Red Wings have, at, at the end of the this deadline today, Ken Cowell. Yes, the Red Wings broadcaster. Um, they the Red Wings have twenty-two draft picks in the next two years. They they've had. 33 draft picks over the last three years. That's 55 picks in a five-year span. The key now is to draft the right players to build a strong team for the future. Scouting is important now. I mean, Steve Eiserman, he knows his scouts. He knows his players. He knows his prospects. Obviously, it's no secret they got screwed out of Alexi Lafreniere last year first year all, but they found they, you know, they got fourth overall last year. However, they use that to draft Lucas Raymond, who is a Swedish sniper. That kid, I'm not gonna lie, he he could do some wonders in the NHL. Like he is, he is a tremendous amount of potential. And they, uh, you know, playing on the right team under the right coach and GM, I think he'll do, you know, do some work there. So uh, that was a big one. Um, but the biggest trade Detroit made staying on Detroit. Yep, is the, absolutely. Yep, is the trade that made pretty much one of the last trades that happened. Before it was, the it was ended. yeah, yeah. It was definitely the the biggest trade the out biggest the, trade and not oh, just for rental either for the Capitals' sake, but yeah, the Capitals acquired Anthony Mantha and for uh, to, uh Richard Ponick. Yes, thank you. Jacob Verano, a 2021 first and a 2022 second. second. Yeah. Now, um, Verona has 3.3 mil cap hit and Ponick uh, 1.675. Mantha's 5.7 mil cap is going all the way to Washington. Steve Eiserman, you did it again. You fleeced the absolute shit out of Washington. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. Now, I get it. Uh, Anthony Mantha, he is a good player. There's no denying it. But I'm not going to lie. I see a lot more potential in Jacob Verana compared to Anthony Mantha. He's much more valuable to me, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to fit in great with Detroit. And same thing with Richard Ponick. They have, I'd assume, good chemistry. Ponick, he's a very good depth player who... I think he's worth considering re-signing to a decent extension whenever his contract's up. But um, I like both of these players for now Detroit, but for for the Capitals, they gave up way too much. It, oh my God! Like the fact that you know, if you if you would have said Ponick and Verona for Mantha alone, you probably could have gotten away with that. You might have had to throw in a third or fourth round pick. The fact that Mantha also netted the Red Wings a first and an additional second. I'll, I'll that's, say this in Mantha's That's defense. a lot. Mantha's 26, so he's entering his, essentially his prime yeah. as going to be. And he realistically <clears throat> does have the potential to be a 
35 to 45 point player, yeah. which is great for the capital sense in the sense that they just need some little depth scoring here and there. First, the he doesn't need to be that. He can just be middle six. That's perfect numbers for a middle sixer. So in that sense, it makes perfect. I think that works out. For me, I think it works out both ways for Washington. And no, I think it does. It clearly shows Washington's going all in. As uh, they should. I think yeah. they have a good team that can actually kind of go for it. So we'll see if it actually pans out well for them. And again, the fucking Peter Laviolette factor of the first year he ever goes somewhere. I, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. if you're looking at history with Peter Laviolette, it, they're going yeah. to the cup finals. They're going to lose, but they're going to go to the cup finals. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, yeah, so or maybe that, this is the one he wins again. So, I don't know. <laughs> so that, that was the biggest. Um, I will say this, though. After this yeah. deadline, the two teams that I still think are the best chance of facing each other in the, in the cup final, still... Washington Vegas rematch of a couple years ago. That would be an amazing rematch. Now, Vegas, they actually did some work earlier too. We can talk about them. They yeah, also had a, a little three, more minor, but they did. The, theirs is kind of minor, um, but it's an important depth piece, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. to their lineup that they're kind of missing. So the Blackhawks traded Matthias Yanmark to the San Jose Sharks. Who then traded Yanmark to the Golden Knights? Uh, Nick De Simeone uh, also went to the Golden Knights, uh, as well as a 2015, sorry, 2015, 2012, wow. 2022. Holy crap! Uh, fifth round pick uh, to, from Chicago, uh, a 2021 second, and 2022 third went from Vegas to Chicago. And the Sharks again, that middle team got a 2022 fifth round pick from Vegas, which is Buffalo's pick. So that's a much higher fifth round pick. Um, that's essentially the first within the first three picks, probably most likely for um, from there. But yeah, th- this was, this was a big one. Um, and, and it might not be as big as you, people might think it is, but that flies though. You know, Yanmark, Yanmark only has 18, 19 points this year, which isn't great, but um, he, he's been struggling a lot for Chicago he did pretty well in Dallas, but I think under you know with the right line mates, this guy could he could put up some decent points for Vegas for the rest Vegas of the year. Just, could, Vegas just needed some depth, so that's, and, and, and they got fun. depth in Yanmark now. And I still overpay? think because of Absolutely. that, I don't think they needed depth in terms of depth scoring. I think they just needed depth no. in terms of maybe a little defensive kind of abilities, maybe put I up think some points needed, here and there, yeah. but just a good. Depth, decent depth player for them, yes. and that's what they got in uh, Yetmark. Yeah, so I'm not. I do like the trade. However, I don't like what they gave up. I think that it was a second and third, and yep. again the fifth going to um, San Jose. That middle team was is a lot, but hey, um, Tampa proved it last year. They gave up two first round picks for depth guys last year, and they won the cup. So, and I'll set, that, I'll defend yeah. both Vegas and Tampa Bay on this yeah. sense because you said the same thing to both of them that they gave up too much. Their first round picks are not as valuable as first round picks can be. Theirs are on the lower end of valuable because they're going to be at the end of the pick. So it's essentially going to yes. be like a, if you got a second round pick at that point, which is still valuable. 
it's definitely valuable. But yeah, no, no it's still those it's still teams very at the moment, valuable. It's not for Vegas. I'll say maybe you want to keep that just because even though you got a good team now, you should still kind of focus on some of your future too. Just because you're still a new team, even though you're about right. three years old now, I think. Um, for Vegas, yeah, or four. This know. should be their fourth year. Yeah, either way, you're about like four years old, so you should still probably think about that future because you're still relatively a young team. So yeah. Now, um, we might as well get to one of the bigger ones, uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't expect them to go this far, but. They got Taylor Hall, as you uh, previewed earlier in the podcast, Mike. Curtis Lazar as well, um, and 50% retain on Hall's salary. So they're only paying four mil for Hall. You did say he would like he wouldn't mind being a Bruin for a couple of years after this. He actually did consider signing with them. Um, I believe it sounded like in free agency, but I guess for whatever reason, chose Buffalo. Um, so the Bruins gave up a two thousand twenty one second in Anders Bork, uh, one point six mil cap hit going back to Buffalo. So, and on top of the fifty uh, percent salary retained, the four mil there, the Sabers have three point they gain three point two mil in cap space. Um, so that's good for them there. Now, the, I forget how exactly Bob McKenzie put it, but he explained so well earlier on the trade bait watch, sorry, trade bait watch, uh, trade, uh, trade, you know, deadline. deadline special and everything that, you know, they, they really did, um, you know, sure that you could argue that they, you know, didn't get nearly as much as other trades and, and we'll go over the Nick Foligno trade next. Um, but it's, there's a lot of things to consider. You know, the the cap. There is uh, the, the price in general for you know what you're realistically able to get for certain players. Um, so it's yeah. It, it, there's there, there's a lot going on, um, but it's yeah. And I'll say this too. Everyone in this trade down year. Taylor Hall oh, significantly. Taylor Hall has two goals. He has 19 points. Yeah, that's not the Taylor Hall we know. Mm-hmm. Um, Anders Borg has a kind of a down year as well. Curtis Lazar, I don't know why. Scores. None of these guys no, are scorers. Lazar and- is another depth guy, I will say. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Curtis Lazar, um, he was a pretty high draft pick. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, he was 17th overall in 2013. So that another guy that the very high. traded for, another minor one, but they traded for Mike Riley of the Ottawa Senators oh, yeah. for a 2022 third-round pick. And Riley has 19 assists, which is tied points-wise this season with Taylor Hall. He's a Yikes. defenseman. Yikes. But that's another one. They gave him the third. Yeah. It, that's the thing, though, because yes. Boston, the struggle they have is something that we know per, We know just being Flyers fans, too, is that and they have it even worse because they lost pieces on their blue line. Tory Krug losing him was bad. I know you were in the running for Petrangelo, but you didn't get him. And then you also have uh, lost Chara because you wanted to get younger. And because of that, your blue line just isn't great. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, Bergeron and uh, Marchand and the forwards and all that can kind of make up for it because they're good. The way they run is they're good defensively, no matter what. But you're mm-hmm. still missing something. You're still missing someone who can play with Nacho. Yeah. Play. So I think, although getting Taylor Hall is great, I think what really Mike Crowley is not going to get it done on defense. That's you need, not you need, worth not it. Not only do you need D, you also need depth scoring. Yes. I mean, sure, again, Taylor Hall helps, but you can only do so much. And that's not really um, depth scoring. He's going to be at worst on your second line. Right, exactly. That that's the issue, is that, that you know the Bruins from their you know early 2010 teams they had a lot of depth, but you know, as guys do, they get this older. Is why, this is again why I hurt. think why I think we're both on the same page that their window also was kind of diminishing. Not to mention because the realistically what they could throw out there because what they throughout there against the Flyers was they had Marchand, Bergeron, and Smith, I believe, for the first line. And the second line they had... Yeah, why are you putting Craig Krejci Smith on and, your first line? He's at best a third yeah. line. Keyword at best. Krejci, Pasternak, I and I forget who the other person was. I think maybe DeBrusque, maybe not. Maybe Nick Rich. I forget who the other person was. Probably But DeBrusque in this sense, yeah. now that you have Hall, you could I guess in that sense, that second line can have David Krejci, Pasternak, and Hall, which yeah, is still a pretty still good line. Solid line yeah. Yeah. But that's only good for your top six. You, you need you need depth scoring to win yeah. championships. And I know Charlie Cole is a good depth person, but you don't have anything anyone really with him. No. Um, so real quick before I forget, going back to the big trade for Man- the Mantha, Verona, and Panic deal. Yes. Uh, Todd McClellan from the Capitals said earlier, that both Verona and Panic had become frustrated with her roles in DC, according to Tariq El Bashir. He's a senior writer for the Capitals uh, on uh, the Athletic. Um, McClellan said, "Quote: I see a frustrated player uh, you know, about Verona. Maybe he's, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But the body language is frustrated, and I think we gave it some time to see if, if we could work it out, and we moved on from it." That's a very interesting quote. Now. I'm a little surprised because I think Verona is going to be a player that the Caps will sorely miss. That's just my opinion there. But I, I, I happen to see that coach just now. Just want to bring that up real quick. Yeah. But speaking about depth players, though, Mike, I think it'll be a good time to bring up what the Pittsburgh Penguins did late oh, last yes. night. And he so, got former Flyer Jeff Carter, now former LA King. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, former Blue Jacket now as well. Yep. Fun times. Um, they yes. gave up. They gave up a. Twenty. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll do this one. You've done every you, other one. I feel. I, I know. Uh, sorry. Sorry. So, LA got a twenty twenty two third round pick, a twenty twenty three condition. They're both conditional, but conditional yes. fourth round pick. Uh, the condition on the third, the twenty two, uh, twenty twenty two third round pick can upgrade to a second round. If the Penguins reach the cup finals, which I doubt, and Carter plays at least 50% of the games, which will probably happen. Yeah. A condition for the 2023 fourth round can upgrade to a third round if Carter plays at least 50 games during the third the 2021-22 season, which I believe is going to happen. So that could be the third round pick. I don't see the other one moving up to second. Also, they retained 50% of his salary as well, of mm-hmm. Jeff Carter's salary, which his name was coming. I felt like his name came up more last year at the deadline. Yeah, and which is interesting. Out of it. And now he has been moved. I think 
Isn't this his la- the last year on his contract? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Oh no, he's got one more year. Uh-huh. After this year, uh, which could easily just be they just don't protect him for expansion, yeah. and Seattle takes him. Uh, which again, which honestly wouldn't be the worst thing ever. No, and you could you could do this too if they get JVR too. You could reconnect him and JVR together. Oh my god, <laughs> 2010 all over again. <laughs> who else is who else is playing from that team? Coburn, Mon- <laughs> Coburn. And um, I was going to say, if only he was in Washington, you would have LaViolette as the coach. Yeah. Damn. But either way, right. you do have a former flyer in the GM, though, um, getting Jeff Carter back. This is true. Against the other team in Pennsylvania, though. Yeah. But I think that's a kind of key. I think that helps a bit. Yeah, that's going to help the Penguins' depth because um, um, a big part in their back to back Sound Cup runs was having depth. a couple years ago was. The depth scoring, Carl Hagelin and Nick Benino, those play those two played huge roles in in uh, their their championships, you know, for the Penguins. Um, I, I think this is a pretty good get for you know, the Penguins. I don't think they overpaid. Um, I, I wouldn't have minded, you know. Carter's also thirty six. So yeah, he's, he's up there in this age. So is going to be one is, of the last chances he has to kind of go for it. Get he's already another got, cup. He's already, he's got, already two. got two. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, I do, I do like Ron Hextel's work here. Um, As he and does. what's interesting to me, notice how. So here, here's the funny thing: is notice how when the Flyers are more so in a. Back when he was their GM, of course, that's rebuild you know, kind of, yeah. You know, he, they were in a kind of rebuild. There were a year or two here and there where they had a pretty, actually good team. The Penguins, though, despite being a kind of good team, kind of almost rebuilding mode, he's not afraid to spend draft picks. But with the Flyers, it was the opposite. He didn't like giving up draft picks, but he would want the draft picks in return. You know, so that that that's always been interesting. Uh, when when I when I saw this um, this morning, uh, so I, I I thought it was pretty interesting. That's going to be but... key here is for at least Pittsburgh sense. If Hextall does the same thing he did with Philadelphia with their expansion, you're going to find a surprise person that gets protected. Like why was he protected? And then realize, yes. oh, he's actually a bigger piece than what Hextall sees. And again, and Taking, point taken. Point, look what. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. And um, might as well talk about him real quick. He's not going anywhere. The Flyers re-signed him today to a five-year, mm-hmm. $3 million deal, 15 total salary. I think this yes. is a great deal. I was excited for lots. Clearly, he won a term. Um, I was The part I was shocked about was the fact that he got five years. Yeah. Uh, that's the part that shocked me the most. Now, it's a- clearly, clearly, he's going to be a player that they're going to protect. Um, yeah, you'd think now because of it they will. So yeah, I I think he's clearly whether or not they were going to before. He's clearly if you uh, think that highly of him, where you want him for the next five years, that's a guy you want to protect. Now I think he is worth protecting, just like he was in the last expansion draft. Um, his game's only gotten better since you know then, and uh, he he's been playing great hockey, but game in and game out. Um, every he shift is, he's been playing his heart out. Here's the question mark I have on Lawton 
one, I think yeah. that's too much to pay for a depth person. No, 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 you're not wrong. I think, you know, but to be fair, it's, he's only as a cap hit for AAV. Um, he's only, it's only a 0.7 mil. Cap oh, it's not the term the contract that don't have a problem with yeah. the three mil because he was already making 2.3. So that was or that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the to, the, yeah. It's the length, like five years for well, a depth Right, that's what I'm saying. Much. That part shocked me. Mm-hmm. Now, but the also, length, I think that was maybe a little bit much. I, I would have been comfortable with three years, if not four at most, but five. And yeah. And Fletcher yeah. said in his uh, press conference that he's part of their solution going forward. But what Which is, is that solution? very interesting. Because I don't know what Lawton is at the moment because is he your center or is he a wing? Because he's not had one solid. He's not had a consistent position. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, realistically to me, I think he's a better winger than he is center. Yes. I agree with, you know, he's now, although he is, um, you know, more so a depth, player remember he was a first round pick in 2012 and and it took him some time to find his game but i i think you know you're getting exactly what you you right. you see and you brought this up a couple of days been... ago i want to bring it up again is you kind of compare scott Wan to sam gagne which I think is a. No, sorry, I was comparing Kim to. Nolan oh, Patrick. I lied! I lied! That was Patrick. I done goofed up. Never yes, mind. We'll get to that either in we'll another get to that another time. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll um, get to that another time. Anyway, um, let's go to one of the other actually, big ones. Okay, I was. I'm assuming you're going Toronto. Yes, that's okay. exactly where I'm going. Uh, Mike, you want to get this next one? So, and another three-team trade involving San Jose. There's there a lot of three-team trades this year, which I, I I'm not get, surprised but, about just because yeah. of everything going on. Uh, plus, yes. the teams that were in the mix of it were okay with the um, giving up their cap. So, that doesn't surprise me. But this one, uh, Columbus got a 2021 first-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick from Toronto. They then sent... Nick Foligno retained 50% of his salary to San Jose uh, from Columbus. And then they shipped him out to a, to Toronto who then gave them back to San Jose, a 2021 fourth round pick. So at the end of the day, Toronto got a Steven, Stefan, Noson, Stefan, Noson, Noson, and Nick Foligno, who again had 50% of his uh, contract uh, retained uh, for at the end of the day, so they got Nick Foligno at the end of the day in this trade, which for them in this sense, even though I think we're both not the biggest fans of Nick Foligno, and I, I personally, I'll, I'll save my piece, but I will say this real quick about Foligno: I do like him as a player. His game has dramatically fallen off, but I still like him a lot as a player, and now he is a depth player for the Leafs. He'll be a good depth player. He's not going to put up any offense, which is no problem for Toronto putting up offense. Everyone else can put up offense. He doesn't have to. He can focus then on just kind of being a two, kind of two-way. Not two really way. Offense, no, I'll agree with that. A bit of a two-way player, but focus more so on that defensive aspect because they don't really have that much in their forwards yet. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner yeah. may get there eventually, but in terms of going 
for it now in the next couple of years. They need a, or I guess Marcus Brantley this year. Uh, they wanted a guy that can do that. So Nick Foligno in that sense. Yeah, and looking at his stats. Um, okay, I was looking at the wrong column. That makes sense now. Looking at his stats, he's put up consistent numbers the last several years. He's yeah, put up it's thirty not, it's plus not groundbreaking, points but... since two thousand thirteen fourteen. I mean that that's for a top now a top you know what he probably is is a third line player, especially in, in Toronto. If not, you can even argue a bottom six player. If you can get a 30 points out of him consistently, that's pretty dang good. Now, he's the kind of player I would like to have on a playoff team. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, sure, he might have been a little expensive. It, is, it was the last year of his contract. So after this, this is, and, and, and this is also big for Columbus because this also frees up another spot for the expansion draft now. So this is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually got something in return for him versus everyone else they lost. Exactly, and past. you got to give uh, Yarmo Kekalainen and you know, credit. He he did work. He got a first round pick from David Savard and Nick Felino. So you got two first round picks and an additional fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. And I think what else? Which I think I'll we're not. Look. Both of us, I don't think, is that surprised because I think Columbus again, similar to to Buffalo, yeah. we're just going to essentially start from scratch again. So they're just going to sell off pieces. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, so uh, real quick for Columbus, actually, they were predicting that uh, they weren't even going to protect Felino in the expansion draft, which I get. He and, wasn't. He wasn't even going to be taken, according to uh, Aaron Porcelain, uh, mm-hmm. who writes for that, like who covers the Jackets there. Um, now, remember, this was back in December, so clearly the list needs to be updated more because Pierre-Luc Dubois. Is, Obviously, no longer on the team. Um, so, why would they get rid um, of Pierre Luc Dubois? Why would they get rid of a future number one center? I don't like, know. Yeah. Uh, do you know what's really funny? Um, they're probably at some point, I wouldn't be shocked if they got rid of Patrick Alane because he's been dreadful with Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets. Um, I, I, I just, I'm not, I don't like to be right on these things, but. I called that from the start on this trade that it, they weren't going to be big fans of each other going to Columbus. Thank you, Whitmer. Um, fit, he doesn't fit that system. No, he he's, just he's not. He's the exact opposite of a guy you want on a team run by John Tortorella. The exact opposite. And that was the only trade Toronto made that I think was key. No, it wasn't. Uh, David Riddich. Yep. Riddich he went to Toronto. I see Riddich. Okay. I, I don't know what it is. But they tr- uh, 2022 third round pick for Vidic, 50% of his contract was retained as well. Uh, which I makes think sense that's a solid, uh, solid Toronto deal. doesn't have a lot to really give up on cap front. So. You know, they gave a third. That I'm fine with that. But this is even um, more key, so more so than the uh, Colorado goaltending situation we are talking about a little bit earlier, and yeah. that Freddie Anderson, even though I think he's done after this year in Toronto, I think he's on his way out, and you'll see David Riddich maybe yeah, resign. He's currently hurt, so and Jack Campbell has played great. I think it's actually going to be he's won maybe, eleven in a row. He has, and currently since uh, he's got a nine thirty four save percentage. Wow, in eleven games for Toronto this year. He's been solid, which makes me think that they're just going to keep him. 
But the thing there is to make sure he doesn't get hurt. So right now they have Michael Hutchinson as a backup. Who has, how has he been? He's been average, 919 save percentage, 2.242 goals against in eight games. And then obviously you add Riddich, who has put up average numbers okay. It's not anything groundbreaking, 9.0 or 904 save percentage, 290 goes against. His one playoff appearance was terrible. <laughs> 999 goals against 667 yeah. save percentage. It's not great, uh, but in terms of just being a backup, because I think at this point those two could maybe be a, a mini tandem in turn, and by the time Anderson comes back or whenever that happens. Um, but Toronto seems to be wanting to go for it. So Kenny Felino, I think, was hu- uh, huge. They traded for someone else too, forget, but I forget who it was. If who was it you said? Toronto? Yeah. Um, it's probably a minor trade. It probably was, but um, oh, Riley Nash, yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah, right. Who's on long term IR? So yes, um, so one trade I do want to go over also real quick. Uh, this I like a lot. Um, Florida, they got Sam Bennett in a six round pick in 2022 in exchange for Emil Heineman, who essentially. What he was a second round pick when the uh, Panthers drafted him, so they traded that in 2022 second round pick. So essentially, two second round picks for Bennett and a six round pick. Um, again, I, I the Panthers again add another guy with some grit. Yeah, grit, which is really playoff been something they they got who does you know perform better in the playoffs. But like you're saying, the grit wise, he does. It's been yeah. since the offseason because they signed. Uh, Racco Goodis, who's been not a guy that can go to the dirty areas, but he's been known to get a little grindy or whatever. Yeah. You also traded for Hornquist, yep. which I think was kind of key too. And now you bring Sam Bennett into this as well. Guys who aren't afraid to mix it up. Also, I feel like you had to get kind of get someone. because Who else did they trade for? They traded for another defenseman who I thought. Um, for Florida? Yeah. It was a defenseman. I forget who it was. Brandon Montour. They gave him a 2021 third round pick. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Right. But either way, they clearly want to try to go for it. And the thing that did hurt them at the end of the day last year was they were a team that, which isn't out of the realm of teams in, in the history of the NHL, that once they got hit around by the Islanders, they kind of clammed up a bit. And because of that, they got grit as most of these teams do and in terms of grit this and this NHL versus pressed NHLs, this is good grit, I would argue. Yeah. Guys that yeah, will absolutely. get to the dirty areas but won't overstep boundaries, step overstep any lines or anything in terms of having any discipline act, disciplinary actions or dumb penalties. These guys are good enough to avoid that. Yeah. No, I agree, and and yeah, that's that's a big one there. Uh, one last quote unquote bigger trade, I should say. They, um, we've seen his name pop up in trade rumors a little bit more frequently. We weren't sure it was going to happen, but Hayden Flurry was officially on the move earlier today from Carolina over to Anaheim in exchange for y- uh, Yanni Hakan 
Hakanah. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Sorry. Uh, 2022 six-round pick. So I don't know much about the prospect that he got in return, but I think the return's a little weak unless I, I don't know much about him. I could be wrong, but Hayden Flory, he's a very good young defenseman who yes. has a lot of upskill and, you know, uh, 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 sorry, upside to his game. And I think there's more to it. I'm pretty surprised that they were willing to part ways with him. Uh, now, I, I don't know the reason for it, but, you know, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm pretty shocked uh, that they did end up pulling trigger on a deal like this. Yeah, that's a little surprising, but you I mean for Anaheim's sake, I think it's kind of key though because they are a team that's rebuilding. So yeah, no, for sure you get another... and there's also the rumors which will probably happen at the offseason at this point of uh, Ricard Raquel and Josh Manson. Josh Manson, yeah, and especially because it was according to um, some the one of the athletic writers. It sounded like they were both asking for a first-round pick for both Manson and Raquel, which I think is fair. Um, mm-hmm. Now, would teams want to give up that much? I don't know. But they also did explore possibly trading um, Ryan Getzlaf. Uh I think Vegas' name right. popped up at one point and one other team at least. Um, for uh, I get it in the sense that it was a one year. He's on his last year. Yeah. Um, then maybe you could try uh, to get some like when Perry provided something for a playoff team. Right. And this is I, I honestly this is this is uh, I did see a quote which which I spoke a lot to me about Ryan Getzlaff's character. He said, um, if he were to get traded, and I think he spoke at the GM. He said, you know. I, I want to make sure that the team in return gets a good, valuable return for me. And that shows a lot about mm-hmm. what kind of person he is on and off the ice. Because it's not just that, it, he, too. He's like, I just had his name up. Sorry. Yeah. He is. He's a what? 37. He's what? 35. 35? I thought he was like 36, 37. He turns 36 next month. Oh and May 10th, he oh. turns 36. Either way. He's in his latter 30s, so while he's probably not done, he's probably done in a Ducks uniform, and I think he's so, yeah. been there for a while. He so. was in part. He was part of that the world, the greatest draft there ever will be besides 2015 draft, the 2003 NHL draft, mm-hmm. which is still yep. he went probably the, in that draft. Brandon Corbett went eighth. Yeah, that was funny. Anyways, I got off tra- topic there for a second. Or like I can sidetracked it. That's the word I was looking for. Um, um everything else is kind of depth trades. It, it really is depth. We were There's talking about of... this all day. It's like in the years that we've kind of really looked into the trade deadline versus before, at least for my sense, this is one of the weaker ones. This really was. Nothing really um, happened. I think teams got marginally better. There's some teams I think that did really well at the end of the day. I think Washington <laughs> did. I think yeah, Washington did, did great. I think Toronto was fantastic. Um, surprisingly, Detroit, they got mm-hmm. a great amount of things done today. Um, they also teams, noted was, they I did, did watch, not get rid of a Mark Stahl, who has been rumored to get rid of. 
specifically I heard to Philly, which I was not a fan of and better not happen. And two, Jonathan Bernier, he didn't get moved either, either, which uh, he usually gets moved to a playoff team because he is experienced there too. Yeah. Winnipeg did pick up Jordy Ben too. For yeah, that's, I don't, that's I know they're very move, empty. I don't think it's not enough to move the it's, needle. It's not. They need because they were talking about it on the trade uh, TSN's trade they were. trade deadline stuff. Just talking about Winnipeg. I forget who was talking about it, and that it's it's an okay kind of depth. Yeah, kind of. It, it doesn't move, do but much it's for not me. enough. It's it's not it, enough it's, for them to move that needle. No. Toronto is, I think, better than them defensively. They are the issue they have. Toronto is the goaltending sense. Hence, David. Because when you face Winnipeg, they had the best goalie to meet in that division, easily, hands down. And then you're you would also have Montreal in there to carry Price. So that's true. He's better as well, obviously. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So I think it's time to get to the Flyers. Yes. The only real trade, well, two. There's two, which both I was honestly kind of surprised by. The one, the fact I'm that not... we actually traded him, uh, Eric Gustafson, to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2022 seventh round pick. I, I was know actually. Who I, know who I really enjoyed today? Uh, Kurt from Broad Street Hockey. Oh yeah, he's he's a beauty. I love that was, guy. And even though he does kind of, uh, at times can be the like trolly kind of person. Oh, he's one thousand percent a troll. He can I be, but it. if you actually like read his stuff, he's actually really good in terms of evaluating, yeah. looking at the, like the Flyers team itself. He's actually a good writer and everything. But I did enjoy his tweet saying that he would tra- yeah. uh, he would give a up a uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich for. Uh, Eric that was my favorite. <laughs> he, he's he's amazing. And unfortunately, that was one of those trades that, or not trades, but signings, or even trades that didn't really pan yeah, out no for signings, Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. And that I was putting both it columns didn't. for Chuck Fletcher, and it just never panned out. And it's not no, great. It when really didn't. I was he moved essentially ninth on the Flyers' depth. I know really at now or before he was traded, it was eighth. But really think about it because I'm going all the way back to when we had Friedman because you had Freeman yeah. above him at times. You had Haig, you have Ghost, and now Morin. He was losing. He's He was getting further and further. Not down. only that, but his – hold on. I, I got to bring up his stats real quick. It's, I, I'm pretty sure his plus minus was flat out atrocious. Now, I wonder if he's even still on – um, he's not. Oh yeah, he's still he's in the Flyers. Too. That's shocking. He had ten points in four games, minus two, one goal, nine assists. Um, he, he's a career minus five. It's crazy. Everyone talks about how good he is offensively, but he's never put up that outside of twenty eighteen nineteen. He never at least put up that much many goals. You know, like he'll, is good he'll for get you. He'll but... get you points wise. I don't think he gets you that many goals, but um... like you saw it a little bit with the Flyers, but it just never worked out. So I'm not surprised yeah. at all that he was traded for essentially nothing. Of course, the South Front pick by Montreal. But you know what surprises me though, and I want to look this up. The uh, I, I'd assume it's because of 
how well he did in Chicago. Um, actually, let me bring this up really quickly. Where is he? There he is. Uh, Flyers are also retaining 50% of his salary. Says yes. 4.5 mil. Um, Stats-wise... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's not what I wanted to look at. Uh, trade, look at. Uh, trade history. Because from Chicago to Calgary, the Flames gave up a, thir- a conditional third-round pick. Mm-hmm. And it had um, – it, it, it was like received the higher or better of the third-round pick of Calgary or Edmonton. But – um, regardless, they got a third round pick out of Gustafson, and that was f- last February when it, so last literally year. Yeah, last, yeah, well, last year. The fact that his value dropped that much is unbelievable. All right, we're that surprised though, because we both and many games he was playing is like, oh, there's the classic Gustafson turnover. <laughs> I haven't been surprised, but when, yeah. when the Flyers first signed him, I, I would genuinely was pretty darn excited. I thought I this is sweet. Yeah, shut up. I deleted it because I was too embarrassed. Uh, but no, and, and he starts game, he put up two points and I thought, Hey, like this, this could be the start of something nice where the Flyers get some depth scoring on defense, get, you know, get some more points from the blue line. This is good. And, just unfortunately, he's one of those guys that never panned out here in Philly. I have no idea again, why. I think he was only really here in case Ghost really fall, fell off again. You're not I wrong. thought he was maybe a better version of Ghost. But You're Cook not wrong. Is slowly getting back. Not completely there yet, but slowly getting back to the defenseman yeah. he was. Uh, so that was that one. And then this one came very late. Another one that trickled through. Um, you want to take it home? Yes, the Flyers traded away Michael Roffle. Yes. He spent eight years here, but he was Which is crazy. With the fact that he's been here for eight years, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't, but he yeah, that's what it said. Eight years, I think. That's not. Mm -hmm. It is nuts, but I mean he's been here for eight years. I don't think the Flyers are gonna bring him back after this season. And once they signed or extended Lawton the Flyers were going to sell someone off, so it was going to be Raffle. And essentially, Lisinski will take his place. Yeah, and Chuck Fletcher basically confirmed that, where he did say for the rest of the year, Campbell Lisinski will remain uh, up with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, now, a couple other things. Um, also, that fifth Bill, round, sorry, just yes on both those trades. The fifth round pick the Flyers got was for, as Vegas was from Vegas. Yes. And then the other one was uh, from St. Louis. Yeah, okay, that works. But um, are, oh, let me ask you this. Are you happy? Obviously, a seventh-round pick is better than anything for <laughs> I, Justin. I, I made, even made the joke to you. I I take scraps for Wait, Exactly. Yeah, so, so, so that's as like, good as it was going to get for Gus. I don't care about that. More so Michael Rappel. I think... You know, I, I, think that was, first, I think that was pretty... Spot on for what he was going to get. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I was, I was a little surprised. It. One that we even traded him. I mean, I, I was. I, I, I like Graf. He, he's he was a good depth player for the Flyers. Very hard news player. Um, 
but you know, by the quietly end, of the day, I one think of the quietly one of the stronger Flyers players. Yeah, too. He doesn't look like it. He didn't strong. look like it, but he was. No, he's very strong against the boards. Um, but no, I think that you know, fifth round pick. That's that's pretty dang good value yeah. for Michael Roffel. Uh, but no caps. I mean, especially the fact that they gave up on Panic and Vrana. Roff is going to fit in very nicely with the Laviolette system. And I think he, he gets some That's top where he started. nine he minutes. Started in Ralph and Laviolette system. Yeah, he he get some top was nine early, minutes. It was early in his career, like this first or second year, but, 2013. Yeah, because Laviolette only lasted three games that year. Yep. Um, but no. So uh, going back to Flyers, State, Bill Meltzer. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. How warm do you think a seat is? Well, I think I asked you this earlier today. Too. You did. I want to get in that in just a second. Um, okay. A couple small notes here. Additionally, Bill Meltzer asked Chuck Fletcher if the Phantoms game postponed this weekend, you know, uh, kind of halted the decision to call Wade Allison, said yes. And also, if Wade Allison will get games of this season and it, with the Flyers, he also said yes. So that's a good new sign that he will get some games, but we don't know when. Also, as he should, the season's a lost cause now. I know yeah, it really fun. is. Even though Boston lost last night and we gave up a game and we're still only four points back from them, it's over. It's over. There's no point in because even if they yeah, magically make we the do playoffs, have like they're going to get bounced in the first. We do have like five round. games they're left. They're going to get swept, basically. Yeah, we have like five games left against New Jersey, which not, could help. It's not worth it. Boston has like six against the Sabres. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and especially getting Taylor Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Game over. Um, also, this one I thought was an interesting one that will help lead into your question. Is Chuck Fletcher on the warmer side of things for the warm seat and maybe the hot seat? Dan Silver, he tweeted this out, um, and I thought it was a great point. He said, just from my interpretation, but when Chuck Fletcher was asked by Mike Selsky about firing any coaches in the offseason, his empathy. Uh, you know, his immediate no was with such an air of disdain that made me think he is disgusted with how some players have performed. No blame on the coaches. So it doesn't sound like he's not going to fire any coaches at all, which that I don't like. I get I'm like fine with him not firing AV. I, I don't, don't want him. I, I don't like the idea I don't agree of him with keeping Mike Yo or Michelle Terrian. Now, Mike Yo, I like more than Terrian, but they yeah. both got to go. The special Mike, teams for two years in a row now have been flat well, out I'll, garbage. I'll defend Yo in the first in the first year. First year, the first, first year, year I agree. First year, well. yeah, first year they they improved numbers, but this year has been awful. Terrian has been brutal at best both yeah, yes. years. They got to go. It's embarrassing. Um, they they got to go. They need to get fired. They do, um, but the only so those I've, are the only coaches that I think deserve to get fired. Now, Av, why would you bother firing him? You're back to square one. Then, and same, and same thing with Chuck Fletcher. If you fire both Av and uh, Chuck Fletcher, you're back to square one. You need a, a new head coach. Now, I think there are better options for head coaches right now than GMs. But here's the thing: Av, you keep him. I'll put it this way. I'd rather have the Flyers fire Chuck Fletcher first before Elaine Vigneault. You fired Chuck Fletcher. I don't agree I, with I want it a guy, because I'm worried then who would your replacement be then? Because there's not know. that many good options. I don't really know. AV, um, 
he was a Jack Adams finalist last year. Are you seriously so pissed off at it? in just two years? You already want to get rid of the guy. It's I mean, clear. It, it's it's to the point where you need to do something with actual players, not the staff. But kind of to answer your question, I think Chuck Fletcher will be on the warm seat, depending on how his draft goes, how the expansion draft goes, and how free agency goes. By the end of free agency, if he doesn't do enough to really help the team, that could be it for him. So. One, I don't completely trust what Chuck Fletcher says. I'll believe it when it actually happens. So I don't really, between now and the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised either way if they keep the coaches or they get rid of them. Um, Also, I'll defend him on this front. It's not just on the coaches either. The young guys have really kind of struggled. There's a bunch of guys who are kind of having off years. I also want to be surprised if they don't do any much because they feel like, oh, maybe this is just an off year because of the year it's been. So in that sense, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe. But Chuck Fletcher has yet to really like take a risk or anything since being first GM. He's I know taking zero risks. Now I get the the um, the cap is it's tight like, tight as it can go but you gotta take you gotta afford to take a risk you have to also because if anything this season you realize you do need a defenseman with Provorov so it'd be great to get someone to be with him and I don't think Lawton's it but you do need a third line center yeah, and and that's the thing is, yeah. because I know you didn't expect uh, Niskanen to retire. No, that was a big blow. And but as much as he says he tried for his replacement, he he can talk all he wants. I yeah. didn't see the effort at all. No. There were. I didn't really care for his response to that either. You have two ways to make a deal or something like that, or what? How, yeah, however he phrased it, it. Yeah. somewhere along those lines, like, yeah, make the try to make the deal. Try to persuade him to come this way. You're the GM, exactly. Something. That's part of your job is to as, as a GM, you got to convince. It's like, all right, so why why do I want to come to Philadelphia? Well, gee, let's think. <laughs> Um, you would play top minutes, and I swear we've already had this. I, I'm getting we deja have. vu. I, I swear we've had we the have. conversation. Um, you would play with Ivan Provorov, most likely, uh, who's you know still a young but extremely good defenseman. You know, he's an elite all star, in my opinion. Um, you know, you have a good chance of being growing pains, maybe here and there. Um, yeah. you have a s- pretty strong chance of making the playoffs in a very passionate fan uh, city with a great fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, times yeah. annoying. <laughs> um, but you know this this city cares about mm-hmm. hockey, and yeah. Just, so, uh, so for me, I think it's about lukewarm right now. Fletcher, yeah, I think it's lukewarm. I think it's going to be summer to when Laviolette was fired. They gave him next season if they they struggled out of the gate even though it was very little, but 
they got rid of him. Hextall and Hackstall, both. They gave him some time the next year. Hextall didn't do much in terms of trying to find a goalie. And yep. you managed going through eight goalies, which did land you Carter Hart. It did. Even though it didn't really, it probably didn't really want to, but he had to. That's what happened. And unfortunately, if Chuck Fletcher doesn't do anything, his head is just as reasonably to get fired as Hextall was to me in that sense. If he doesn't do anything and you see another struggle, a year of the fires not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's time to do something. You got to get out of this. You got you to you gotta take a chance. You have to take a risk because and someone tweeted this out earlier. Uh, the Flyers haven't spent uh, – the, no, they, I don't think they've traded a first-round pick since 2011. Which is obviously helpful in terms of – Which is you're... helpful in developing-wise for draft picks. But at the same time, though, that tells you a lot. Look at these teams. They Tampa Bay, for perfect example – they won it all last year. They spent not one but two draft picks on two guys who actually played pretty key roles. Blake Coleman had the dagger in game five, game six of the game six of the Stanley Cup Finals to help win the cup. Yeah. Unfortunately, at times you do have to pay a little too much, then you're more comfortable, which I think is why he didn't sign Brody at the end of the or at the offseason because he felt like it's going to be a little too high for him. But you have to make that sacrifice. Obviously, we've seen it exactly. from both, we've seen it from it, both no, ends of that in the last like ten plus years following the fires, but you gotta do something because right you now gotta you gotta take just, a chance on something. Sometimes you fire. It's essentially like you didn't even fire Hextall at this point. It, it really don't. Uh, it's just being just as patient and everything. Trust me, I like Chuck Fletcher. I think he's a, a solid, solid um, GM, but. Oh, it's yeah. getting to the point where even for me as someone who like, because I hate going through GM after GM, coach I after coach, but at some point, even I'm getting somewhere. I'm like, yikes. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, this is a little much. It is. And I think that's all we really got for today. So yeah, not much going on deadline wise, but still, trade deadline so obviously we're going to have a special on it so we'll see how these teams fare out the flyers were sellers this year instead of last year where there were buyers so we'll see who comes up maybe we see more Wade allison maybe we see uh sandine at times who knows hopefully maybe seed wisdom you never know tyson porter who knows yeah we'll see igor igor so we'll see maybe cam york Cam York. That would be awesome. I would love that. But until uh, next week, uh, we'll see you.